Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fire it up. Uh, we should probably get out of here. You're an adult. Yeah. And liable. You know what this means, right? Your grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I'm your host, Armand Haddad. Today, we are taking a look at Ghostbusters Afterlife by Jason Reitman. But before we don the proton packs, I'm joined by a very special guest, Peter Casa, a local freelance photographer here in Chicago. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Armand. Happy to be here. Yeah. So we just watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. What did you think? Just hot out of the gates. What did you think of the movie? Okay, so as a citizen who isn't a huge Ghostbusters fanboy yeah. or follower, I found it very entertaining. Really? Um, I was thinking about the all-female cast that we had a couple of years back. Okay, and okay. Went in, open mind, as I do with all movies that I see. Yeah. Huge cinema fanboy. <laughs> so... Um, Yes, I went in, open mind, thought, okay, let's go into it, not try and think about anything that we've seen in the past and just dive into it. Nice. So, yeah, you brought up Ghostbusters 2016. So in preparation for this episode, I watched the original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. I skipped 2016 because I just heard it wasn't that good. You know, I got my fill when I watched the trailer back in the day when it came out because I was excited. I was like, oh, another Ghostbusters. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this feels like if the writers of SNL made a Ghostbusters movie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That was it. And that's why I loved it. <laughs> so um, also, 
I will say the cast in 2016, yeah, amazing. So it was like an SNL meets Ghostbusters type of thing, but at the same time, it was entertaining. Wait, you liked it? Yes. Oh, very interesting. I heard yes. it. I heard it was bad. Most things people don't like, I find a way to like. Oh, that's a good outlook to have. And I, I have a strong feeling it's going to be the same thing with this movie that we just watched, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I could just, I enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great um, third movie because this movie definitely doesn't take into consideration the attempted reboot in 2016. Paul Rudd's character was like, there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. I'm like, oh. I got it. Wait, can we put spoilers in this? Let's talk spoilers after the elevator pitch, which we're going to get into right now. So listeners of the show knows what time it is. It's time for some elevator pitches. Please stand clear of the closing door. So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So today, Peter, I'm going to have you summarize the entire movie of Ghostbusters Afterlife while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. We're going to start in three, two, one, go. Okay. Are you a fan of Stranger Things? Are you a fan of fun, entertaining ghost stories and possible mild action? Then Ghostbusters Afterlife is a perfect movie for you. <laughs> it has something for everyone from quick comedy to some pretty solid action Mm -hmm. and uh, some little stranger things you know atmospheric type you know stuff (laughs) so um but yes i I say that just because of the cast i'm not going to go into it but at the same time this is something that you could watch monday through sunday any time of the year it's something if you don't know anything about ghostbusters from the past you'll still have a great time and you'll understand it going forward throughout the whole movie that is great with 15 seconds to spare. You did a great job. So yeah, you really said it. Like this movie, what I enjoy about Ghostbusters Afterlife is that it takes a completely different direction with the franchise. So I watched Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in preparation for this. Ghostbusters 1, it was like lightning in the bottle, like this comedy movie that just everyone knows about because it was so great. And then the sequel was okay. I didn't really like it. It was just... It like tried to be like the first movie a little too much and it just you're not going to live up to that initial hype at all. So it's, it's going to, you know, disappoint no matter what. What else tries to live up to the hype of the first movie? A lot of movies. Harry Potter. Jaws. Well, Jaws for sure. Harry Potter is more like a continuation of, this, <laughs> of one story. But Jaws, it's like, I mean, it was like this big sensational movie. Like, why make Jaws 2? Why make Jaws 3D? So back to Ghostbusters. This movie took a different turn. And like you said, it's like Stranger Things. I felt like it really cranked up that paranormal um, spirits, you know, no pun intended, uh, essence to this movie. Because like it's I was sitting in theater and I was thinking it's been a long time since we had like a paranormal movie like that. It felt like I was watching The Mummy. I expected Brendan Fraser to come out of the uh, background and start fighting some monsters like that's what it felt like felt like stranger things meets the mummy meets ghostbusters yeah and i felt like it was a good turn to take because it's like okay we tried the whole exterminator people trying to round up ghosts like that only really works for one movie 
the original movie. So it's like, if you want this franchise to continue or even pay homage to the original film, original two films, you have to take it in a completely different direction. That's what they did. And I thought it was done well. Agreed. I think it works very well where it's with where we are currently in, you know, a society for these types of movies. Mm-hmm. So with it being Stranger Things-esque, yeah. then it's something I can get behind because I feel like that's kind of an easy, safe way to go for something like this. Exactly. They even hired the Stranger Things actor. Um, what's his name? Wolfman? I thought he did a great job. Um, I thought the entire cast did a great job. Like it, It's definitely going after that Stranger Things um, moment. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Totally a real name, Pete. <laughs> Thank you for pulling that up. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, Finn Wolfhard did a great job. Like the entire cast did a great job. I even liked um, Egon's uh, granddaughter. I thought she was like perfect for the role. She definitely filled the shoes that the late Harold Ramis. And this movie felt like a giant homage to that actor. Some behind the scenes to that. Um, for the longest time, for decades, because the original two were written by Hill Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. They wrote Ghostbusters. They wrote Ghostbusters 2. And they're trying to get a third Ghostbusters movie going. But famously, um, uh, Bill Murray just didn't want to do it. Like He was like, it's not good enough. Or if we're going to do a third movie, it has to be good. And then ultimately, he just didn't want to don the proton pack again. Same thing with Ernie Hudson. He didn't want to return to the movie as that character and then unfortunately hell ramus dies um back in i believe 2015 something like that and that's how we got like the reboot in 2016 they're like well we were gonna make a third one with the original cast but we can't so we're gonna reboot the franchise that just didn't work commercially and then jason reitman who is the son of ivan reitman original director was like you know what dad i'm gonna do a ghostbusters movie i think he did it God oh damn it he, he, he did definitely it. did it he definitely knocked it out of the park i'm a big fan so coming you know fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. open mind i was entertained yeah you were entertained yeah um yes i had really nothing bad to say about it <clears throat> um however there were some plot holes okay bring up the plot holes so I would say from start to finish, the movie was an adventure. It was exciting. You had action right out the gate. Everything kind of flowed. But then once, you know, the actual Ghostbusters theme really started to come in, like, yeah. okay, this is no longer just like a family moving around. Mm-hmm. Now we get into Ghostbusters. It just goes from okay, this is a family transplanted into this middle of nowhere farm town. Overnight, the kids are Ghostbusters. <laughs> and that's it. Like nothing really, you know, tells them to go this way. It just kind of happens overnight. <laughs> Somehow the daughter of this single mom was like, oh, I know how to make this plasma blaster or whatever it's called. And I'm going to go hunt ghosts now. Uh-huh. Okay. Where's the wiki on that? Where's like, where, where, where was the Google search on how to do this? She's a genius. Okay. It yes. runs in the family. Yes. She's 12 years old and she can build a proton blaster. 
I will say they kind of made it in universe. They kind of answered that because there was one line where she was like, I think her friend whose name is podcast. He, <laughs> while they're making a podcast, he, I think he said something to her. He was like, well, aren't you like distraught? And she was like, yes, but I don't display my feelings as normal people do. And I'm like, Oh, I think she's autistic. I think that was like a subtle hint, like she's autistic. And then the trope with that is that autistic people are gifted in like academics. Well, that's extreme. That's an extreme assumption. How so? That she's okay. How's that extreme? I I mean, I'm just going off of one line. I thought you were going to go down the route of her being the granddaughter of so and so and so and so. Well, yeah. Okay, I get it. She's a genius at 12. I mean, that's the only way like I I saw it being explained. I mean, obviously. So, spoiler alert. Spoilers going forward into this podcast. She is the granddaughter of Hal Ramis's character Egon, and Egon in the first film was this kind of like weird, extremely smart individual. All of them are. They're all scientists, but like he's like the stereotypical egghead where he's like kind of like uh Socially awkward. Like Boris from Goldeneye. Yeah, exactly. So not as eccentric as Boris. But yeah, so like naturally, like even like this character, she even has like the same glasses as him, kind of similar hair, like similar everything. So other than that plot hole, were there any others? I feel like the transitions weren't really there from if we really had to, you know, cut up the movie in the chapters. Yeah. There wasn't really anything that allowed things to flow naturally mm. in my eyes. It was okay. just kind of like black and white, next chapter, next chapter, next chapter. At the same time, I'm keeping an open mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm enjoying this movie. Still enjoy it. I would go see it again. Um, maybe not in theaters, but I would see it again. And I just feel like they could have done a better job transitioning, you know, the kids' journeys, at least, into becoming Ghostbusters rather mm. than it going balls to the wall pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, you have to apply movie logic to it. So if it was a TV show, I think, like, season long, like, probably, like, episode three. I think it would find it. I think if it were a TV series, it would find its voice in the sixth episode. Mm. And then by, like, the ninth episode, they're Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, well, that's TV. Think about it. Think yeah. about it. Str- Stranger Things mm-hmm. is coming out season four. Yep. How long did that take for it to really find its voice into what it is that we know of it to be? Right. I think with season two, that's where it really got its footing. Like season one, it was like self-contained, like, ooh, creepy story. And then with season two, that's when it was like, oh, this is like an anthology creature feature type show. While also... You know, telling the lives of these kids. So, yeah, you're right. If it was a TV show, it would be more stretched out. This is like the condensed version of that. But still entertaining. Yeah. So what I want to bring up with this movie is it really nailed that feeling of like Spielberg in like the 90s. Because throughout this entire movie, I was like wow, this feels like a movie like it was made in the 90s or like late 80s. And 
if it was like the original director, like Ivan Reitman, that would make sense. Like he grew up in that era, but like it was his son. So like his son was paying homage to like his father's uh, colleagues, like Spielberg or George Lucas, where like I was watching it and I was like, there's this magical schmaltz wiped all over the silver screen. I was like, this feels like kind of magical. And like not a lot of movies are like that nowadays. Definitely. And I'm picking up what you're putting down. I definitely, I can see it that way. Um, At the same time, you know, when Ghostbusters came out originally, what else came out around that time? And it, you know, 1984. So all those movies. Yes. Cinema was turning a page Mm -hmm. and we had, you know, magic on the screen. Right. So I I can definitely see what you're saying there. And uh, yeah, it did have that like Spielberg, you know, schutzblatt to it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I, I noticed right away and I was like the main character, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Uh, the main girl, uh, Ramus's uh granddaughter like she was dressed almost like Laura Dern's character from Jurassic Park with like the tan oversized shorts the chambray shirts uh kind of tomboyish glasses like she looked like that character from Jurassic Park and I don't know if it was intentional if it was intentional it definitely evoked those Spielberg uh emotions and then like with like the ending of the movie where it was like where it was like very heavy handed, like this is a love letter to Harold Ramis, uh, where they, he he comes back. And like, I would say the CGI, we're getting good now. Like he looked pretty good. I mean, they did a smart decision not to have him speak, but like he, it, it looked like he was back to life. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. CGI does wonders. Even for the ghosts in this movie, compared oh, yeah. to the original Ghostbusters, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we we gotta give them credit for what they did back yes, then. Yes, you know, but even the ghosts look amazing. Oh yeah, in this new film. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there are definitely some, you know, quirks here and there that I was kind of thinking of other movies when I was watching this. Like and, what? Well, first example would be Star Wars Episode One. Okay. With young Anakin, right? Mm, okay. So, okay. do you remember, and for those listeners that are Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. um, when young Anakin is pod racing, and I'm not sure if he's like done racing or he's like about to finish racing, whatever it is, but he has his goggles on yeah. and his hair is just like blowing crazy and his arms are up and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> right? He's like, yeah. Yeah. Going crazy, I'm not going to scream in the microphone, but he's just like, yeah. And podcast, the main character's friend from yeah. summer school, mm-hmm. is also wearing a pair of goggles. His hair is blown around, just like young Anakin, <laughs> and he's doing the whole like, yeah. And I don't know. It was just what happened in that split second of the movie made me think of young Anakin mm. in Star Wars. Okay, but I mean, not from a theme or storyline or anything else like that just small little things that i pick up just because you know can easy you know mirror the two things yeah whether or not that was intentional or not definitely not intentional but it was just funny it's like it's a good uh visual cue it's like ah like that's familiar that makes me think of this um but yeah like that this movie is like 
full of like all those moments uh like with the so like i think my favorite scene of the entire movie is like probably in the second act where like things start to take a turn um like back backstory like uh they're in this small oklahoma town and like it's underneath like this supernatural rift and like all these ghouls start popping out and uh paul rudd's character is in walmart shopping for god knows what ice cream ice cream a late night snack (laughs) and like he goes into like the baking aisle for like frosting or something yes so he walks in he grabs some ice cream Mm -hmm. and he's looking for frosting yes right go on and like all the marshmallows start coming to life they're all well, hold on can we like rewind like a second okay what so he's in the he's, baking aisle he's in the baking aisle looking for frosting for his ice cream yes and he's like oh red velvet grabs up another frosting container he's like blue velvet okay <laughs> it's just something very small but it made me laugh hard <laughs> paul rudd is perfect in this movie so he's in the aisle and what happens um marshmallows start coming to life they're all little mini stay puffed marshmallow men and like at first they're like cute and cuddly and then they just go berserk and just reminded me of gremlins and i absolutely loved it it was just utter mayhem in this walmart and it was amazing yes that scene was probably my favorite scene as well in the entire movie um I'm a huge fan of Stay Puft. <laughs> so like whenever I think of Ghostbusters, yes, I think of like, you know, the Ghostbusters themselves, mm-hmm. but then I think of the Marshmallow Man. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. You know, that's something that I'll always associate with Ghostbusters. So yeah, you hit it, Brian Head. Yeah, like I remember it was before the pandemic. I was driving into Chicago and there was a giant Stay Puft marshmallow man on someone's building and it was around halloween and it was i was like this is amazing like that movie has such a cultural impact and this movie i don't think it even attempted to capture that lightning in the bottle that the original movie was it just like you know what let's just do something completely different and like pay homage to the original film and it worked and it kind of worked like a victory lap yeah you know exactly yeah like it felt like a true third movie the ending of like a trilogy like ghostbusters and now we're done and it was it was beautiful i thought it was i thought it was a really well-made movie um the cinematography was great the special effects were amazing and the acting of everyone involved was great small roles big roles I thought it was good. Like, I don't know what people are complaining about if anyone is complaining about this movie. I mean, can we get Finn to like lift some weights though? Because he's going for that Timothy Chalamet look, but he's not as good looking as Timothy Chalamet. True that. Okay. Like, like, like really think about it. Like who's the better looking guy? Timothy Chalamet. I mean, Finn's what? Like seven foot and like, no way. A hundred pounds. Yeah. He's pretty lanky, but like, I don't, he strikes me as a really short kid. I'm always thinking of him like in Stranger Things. Right. I'll always see him as like that weird, awkward Stranger Kid or Stranger Things kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is a Stranger Kid. <laughs> yes. Stranger Danger. <laughs> yeah. Like this movie, I thought it was great. And it's like you said with the, the victory lap, kind of like with uh, The Last Crusade, 
how it tied back into the first movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I felt like this movie did that. Like we had the first one, which was about Gozer and Zool and all those characters. And then with the second movie, they did something completely different. It wasn't as good. It was like this ghost army being resurrected. And then with the third movie, it's like, you know what? Let's use what worked, but also expand on the lore of it. And I thought it did a great job doing that. Oh, totally. And that's what, you know, makes sequels work when they can keep expanding on the lore mm-hmm. of whatever, you know, movie or theme it is. Yeah. Like my favorite Godfather series. People hate the third <laughs> Godfather. Yeah. At the same time, I love it. So you're one of you're a rare breed, I, I have am. to say. I will say number two is always the best one. You can ask whoever you want. Uh-huh. Um, Ghostbusters 2 is not the best one. But no. Ghostbusters 3, unofficially 3, <laughs> I would say is a very good closure. Oh, yeah. This feels like closing the book. And if there are going to be more Ghostbusters movies, I just hope they just do come something completely different. Don't involve the original actors. Don't have like the the car nothing just do something completely different within this universe agreed i I think going forward they're gonna have to do that because like you can't just keep on redoing the same thing like look at the terminator series like with each movie past the second one it's a repeat of like the original movie even judgment day the second t2 that's still like a higher budget of the original film the terminator so it's like you can't keep on doing the same thing it's like Oh, we need we need the Terminator. We need Sarah Connor. We need Skynet, like Cyberdyne, and just do something new. You know what franchise really kind of fixed that? Which one? Spider Man. Ooh, would you like to unpack that? Not until I see Homecoming, or no, Far From Home. Hmm. Okay, speculation time. Think about it. Let's take a tangent on with uh, Spider Man. Yes. So. You have the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. And you have your Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They both have the, okay, getting bit, turn into Spider-Man, lose Uncle Ben, find a villain, kill a villain, save <laughs> New York. Okay, great. With the Tom Holland one. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't see him get bit. Or do you? You don't. You don't no. see it. You don't have the Uncle Ben nope. tragedy, mm-hmm. right? So, but then you fast forward into the Marvel Universe and boom, what worked in the Toby Universe comes into Tom Holland's. What yes. worked in Andrew's 
comes into Tom Holland. Yes. And it all finally makes sense. It worked. It's like, okay, we did this three times and let's bring it all together for closure. Yes, exactly. Like, I just hope with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. No. What, what's mm-hmm. it called? Is that it? I think it's Far From Home. I think that's the second one. But anyways, with this new upcoming Spider-Man movie, I just hope they bring in Tobey Maguire. I just hope they bring in Andrew Garfield and do like a live action uh, Spider-Verse going on. That would be amazing. I have a feeling it won't happen, but I just hope it happens. That's going to be the icing on the cake with that movie. Yeah, I think everybody wants it just to get, you know, knocked out of the park. I personally want it to be a three-part movie, which is like <laughs> nine hours long in total. Uh-huh. Just give me all the hours. You know what? It, Marvel's bold enough to do that, but they're not going to do that. But, like, they could get away with it. And the oh. fans would keep on going. They're like, okay. Yeah. People will sell everything to see that. And just have it, like, behind a paywall of, like, Disney+. Plus. Like, okay, if you want to watch... The trilogy of movies we made for this. Uh, There'll be four easy payments of $85.99. People would be like, yep, okay, shut up and take my money. Like, people will do it. You know people will do it. I won't. Yeah, I would pirate it. I would sail the seven seas for that, but whew, people will pay for that. But going back to Ghostbusters Afterlife, like, like we were saying, like it didn't repeat the pitfalls of the franchises that came before it like it was like you know let's just do something completely different while honoring the original film kind of like kind of like with force awakens but force awakens still held still leaned on the original film a little too much like this one like i guess you could kind of say it's like this like the first movie but like it's still completely different because like they have zool they got gozer that's really the only overlap Everything else is completely different. Right. So the one thing I was really just trying to, you know, piece together mm-hmm. in this whole puzzle watching it, I was like, okay, when's afterlife going to come into effect? Like, what um, What are we waiting yeah, on? Yeah. And then I started, you know, putting pieces together. And I'm like, okay, we have kids who are Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. We don't have the actual Ghostbusters until later on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because spoilers are okay. Spoilers are okay. So... I was thinking, I was like, okay, is Spangler coming back? How's this going to work? So I was thinking, okay, this guy's going to like Obi-Wan something. <laughs> and then he Obi-Wan something. Yeah, so he did. we're not going to say. But that's what I was thinking the entire time. I was like, afterlife, is he going to be the key? Like, what is this? <laughs> he was the key to all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I just thought it was a nice, that moment, like, in the beginning of the movie, their secretary uh, showed up, and I thought, I was like, oh, wow, I was surprised, I was like, wow, they brought her back, That that's a nice little nod to uh, the older movies, and then the Ghostbusters came back, and it was so, it was like, like you said, victory lap, it felt like a triumphant return, it's like, and we're back, and in the original costumes, it was... It was beautiful to see. I was like, this is great. And then they had the moment with uh, Harold Ramis's character, Egon. And it was just so tasteful. And it was so well done. And it was very meta moment. Because like I felt like the actors or the characters 
both were like talking to the late Harold Ramis was like, they're like, I'm sorry. I didn't call you back. Like I miss you. And I was like, Oh, that's good. Everyone liked that. I hear that. Yeah. So that entire scene, when that scene really like started, the whole theater lit up and you could hear it. Oh yeah. Even people who are not Ghostbusters fans, you know, I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan, but I'm cool with the Ghostbusters. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to say no to them or watching those movies. And that's why it's so successful because everyone's yeah. like, well, I like them. I'm not a huge fan, but I like the Ghostbusters. Right. But then you see like, you know, the original four and you're just yeah. like, hold up. <laughs> this is cool. Uh-huh. Like this, this takes me back to my childhood. Like this, oh, yeah. this is cool. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, you could talk all day about, you know, other things like that in pop culture that bring you back to that yeah even at our current ripe age of insert age here um (laughs) so yeah that was something i thought was really cool yeah in the theater everyone lit up and like i'm not the biggest ghostbuster fan but like like you said seeing them together it was a sight to see it was magical and like with the ghostbusters 2 movie that came out in 1989 it wasn't that great, but the only redeeming quality was when all four actors were being the Ghostbusters together in a scene. It was just, it was amazing. I was like, yeah, this is, this is what we came for. The chemistry between these four actors in these roles. Like it's, it's just like the reason why the original film did so well is like it was the right people at the right time doing the right project and it was incredible and like for that little tiny scene we relived that once again that tiny scene was the lightning in a bottle yeah exactly it's really easy when it's like four people that are absolutely beloved and like it's just like when you think of those characters you think of those actors and vice versa and like you saw it again on screen it was oh my god it was so amazing i didn't expect it i was like in the back of my head i'm like are they gonna do it probably not i mean it's getting kind of late in the movie and then it happened yep boom it was great i loved it so let's switch gears a little bit so moving forward with this franchise where do you think it's gonna go honestly you could turn this into a Netflix series mm-hmm. and it would be great. Yeah. So incorporate an entire new storyline cast, get rid of the car. Maybe, maybe just keep the logo, right? Logo is important of the ghost. Yeah. Like the circle with the red yep. slash and the ghost. Mm-hmm. Keep that overhaul everything. And this could be a Netflix series that explodes. It will, it would be the stranger things competitor. Like Stranger Things did so well because like if it is inspired from that from those movies. Like it like you watch it and it's like this feels like it's from the eighties. It feels like an eighties movie. And they're even dealing with supernatural stuff, which the Ghostbusters uh tackled. Right. But also going into how it could really evolve, we did get that more action supernatural feeling mm-hmm. than the whole comedic feeling. So this movie in yeah. itself could be that transitionary nice. puzzle piece into it finding its new voice. Oh my God. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because like, 
I noticed that when I was watching it because like the first, I mean, all of them before this one were comedy movies. You go and you have a good time and you laugh. Um, with this one, it's like there are those comedic elements, but it took itself seriously. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a smart decision. Like it makes the movie even better when it's like when the characters take the threat seriously, but also having fun with it at the same time. Totally. Totally. Like I would love to see this as a TV show. I would love to see this as like the next cultural phenomenon on it won't be on Netflix. On the CW? No. Overtaking Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that show's done. So there there is this uh, empty void that needs to be filled with something. Um, whatever platform, HBO Max. I think it would be great on HBO Max. They don't have that. Netflix has Stranger Things. HBO Max, they would they would swipe that up in a second. They're like, okay, yeah, no problem. With totally. HBO money, it'll be good. That could work. That could definitely work. I mean, honestly, I, I did watch Supernatural for most of its seasons wow. because... Even the bad ones. Even, even the bad ones. <laughs> because I'm a fan of Supernatural-esque things. Yeah. So I love scary movies. So I'm always going to be drawn towards anything that's like ghosts or like demon or like whatever, you right. know, inspired. And I'm I'm down for it. So... Um, that's what drew, like drew me to that show. It was a guilty pleasure. I will admit, <laughs> um, the formula was the same exact thing. Every single episode for what? 11,000 seasons. Monster of the week. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think if Ghostbusters really went down that route, it would be a cash cow. Yeah. Just have the IP. I mean, it's been done before. Look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was mm-hmm. originally a movie and it flopped. And then Joss Whedon was like, I could turn it into a TV show. And have it be Monster of the Week, like Supernatural. And then, I guess coincidentally, when that was like wrapping up, Supernatural is gaining steam. So, not a coincidence. Here we go. HBO, if you're listening. (laughs) Let's talk. Let's talk. We can write for you. It's called Ghostbusters, the series. Oh, that would be amazing. I think that would explode. Um... Yes, if it was on HBO, Showtime, mm-hmm. putting a little bit of sex appeal. Like, I mean, it, come on. It's always been there. Watch the original film. Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost. It's the 80s. Like, it's definitely a family movie, but like, if you, if you watch it with your family, like, what's happening? I don't know. Um, the ghost is attacking him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He seems to like it. Uh, anyways, next scene. <laughs> <laughs> It could totally work. You need you need to have the budgets to have like decent special effects. And with any major platform, they have the money. They got the money. They got the talent. They can make it happen. I mean, back in the 80s, they had the Ghostbusters animated series. So it's not too far stretched to think, let's make it live action. Let's make it serialized. It can happen. Totally. I'm on board. Like imagine, okay. Since we're speculating, imagine if they like, because X-Files is done too. So like, imagine. That show is way before its time, but. Oh yeah. yeah. X-Files meets Stranger Things, and then you get Ghostbusters from that. That would be sick. That'd be cool. Have it like, not adults, but like mature. Where like kids can watch it, but also adults can too. Mm -hmm. Maybe kill off a few characters like two seasons in. You know, yeah. Game of Thrones style. 
Oh, that, that's a completely different. <laughs> you have competing ghost busting um, companies killing each other with proton packs. It sounds like Gangs of New York meets <laughs> Ghostbusters. This is for Aegon. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because in the title cards before the movie started, it says Ghost Corpse, which is a production company that Columbia has. And it's like, okay, clearly you want this to be like a cinematic universe or like some sort of franchise IP. Like you, you're seeing this go places, but like the last attempt didn't really work out financially. So what was that? The 2016? Yeah. That one did bad. Mm, it was entertaining. Entertaining, but like no one went to go see it. I didn't pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. That kind of feeds into it. <laughs> I had my friend's uh, Prime account login, so I just like went in and rented it. You didn't even see it in theaters. Well, they paid for it, so it wasn't me. Wow. <laughs> so that's why I flopped. No one wanted to pay for it. They're like, yeah. Well, my friend paid for it. Mm. on his debit card which he didn't watch but i did well maybe you needed a ghostbusters 2016 in order to have something like afterlife and then hopefully that inspires a long form formatted show on like showtime or hbo i'm cool with that so like 2016 was a sacrificial lamb to gozer <laughs> and now we can have a true ghostbusting experience and there you go boom yeah. whole new universe that would be amazing. So, Pete, tell me, does busting make you feel good? Well, what kind of busting are we talking about? Ghost busting. I'm afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Here on Syndicate, we're going to end the show a little bit differently. Usually we do a one reason why you would recommend this. And clearly it's the nostalgia uh, angle of it is the strongest uh, between us. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, at the same time, you only get small little bits and pieces of nostalgia yeah, front to back, but then it really hits like when you hear like the main Ghostbusters score, oh, yeah. which is only at the end, mm-hmm. and you're just like, mm-hmm. They savored that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is, you know, that just transports you right back to childhood, but <laughs> like seeing the Ghost logo for the first time, split second, like we're talking half a frame. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, done. You can snap your fingers quicker than you can see it. Yeah. But there's like small things here and there that kind of take you back to that whole nostalgia. But it does a good job being its own, you know, entity. Exactly. And hopefully moving forward, they keep that mindset and not just reboot the series. So let me ask you this. Moving forward, do you want to see a Ghostbuster franchise let's get off the fence like do you think it'll be beneficial i know we were just talking about it but like if push came to shove do you think it's a good idea and do you think it'll actually work i think if it's done the right way Mm. with the right mindset Mm. yes and not just to you know make money soak up money then yes i feel like this movie was done for pure enjoyment that's how it felt really Mm. so i think if it's done like that yes i think it'll be phenomenal I 100% agree. Like, I wish more movies did that. It was just like, you know, you have a director and it's like, this is the story I want to tell. Like, give me money and let me make it. But unfortunately, all these production companies 
you know, the whole reason why we even have movies and movie theaters is to generate money. And sometimes you, not sometimes, most of the time, you lose that creative artistic touch to it. It's like back in the 80s that we're looking back to, it's like you had these visionaries of cinema where they're like, I have these stories to tell. And coincidentally, they they make a lot of money. Kind of like with Spielberg, like with E.T. and uh, Close Encounters. Like he just went out to like, these are the stories I want to tell because I'm passionate about this. And I have a good eye of how to show it visually. And just coincidentally, everyone loved it. And now everyone today is like, okay, remember all those blockbusters that happened? Let's recreate that. And I don't think that's the way to do it at all. For a third of the budget. Hence making money. Like, like okay, let's, let's make these movies as cheap as possible to get the most uh, return from them. And then sell them to China because there's a billion people over there. Right. Unless you're talking about like the new Avatar movies that are coming out. So... You know, personally, I don't think they're real. We've been hearing about these Avatar sequels for like, what, 10 years now? Is that how long it's been? He's been talking about like Avatar 2 since uh, 2009. And now it's, now it's 2021, about to be 2022. 2007. It came out in 2007, right? Or 2006? 2009. Because I graduated high school when it came out. Get out of here. No, it didn't. That's 2009. Okay, then yes, it's been... It was the winter of 2009, so it was almost 2010. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he decides to make a sequel 10 years later. Well, hold on. We started getting the Star Wars, you know, prequels. But that's, that's different. How far down the road? That's different. Like, it was it was a movie series that, like, there's a universe. Like, with uh, James Cameron, it was just one film. Like, if it was like, okay, I have like a vision for like a series of movies, then okay, you can take a decade long hiatus or even more. But like, it's, it's like if Orson Welles did the sequel to Citizen Kane 30 years later, it's like, what are you? Well, I mean, okay, Ghostbusters. I know I just talked myself into it. <laughs> Ghostbusters 3 came out 2021. When was the last one? 1989. Yeah. I mean, not not talking 2016, right? Not talking about that one. Um, That's a reboot. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. You are right. <laughs> but yeah, I think over, like, I agree. If it's done well with the correct intention, I think uh, a Ghostbusters TV show would be insanely successful because it would be received well. Yeah, or even like a limited multi-part series. That would be awesome. You know, like a six-part mm-hmm. one-time thing or like a... That'd be so cool. Or like a six-part, you know, I can't really call it a six-part if it's just <laughs> multiple. Yeah. But you do something like small and sweet on like a premiere streaming service like HBO, whatever it is, and you have like six hour and a half long episodes every year for like three years and that's it so you basically just have like a season and a half of shows Mm -hmm. spread over three years yeah that could work because people like that long form stuff yeah i mean people like to binge people like to binge and people like to be invested in a story and if you take the model by stranger things which 
we're all eagerly waiting season four. And with each season, it's like, even though like you're potentially, you could lose your audience by like waiting so long for the next season, but like the audience is there, like we're invested and that's speak for yourself. They lost me already. I haven't seen it. So what? I'm off the wagon. You're off the wagon. No, I'll still see it. (laughs) See, exactly. Like, this is why, like at, at the core, you're like, I want to know what's going on with 11. I need closure. Yeah. Hopefully season four ends it because it's been like they're old now. True. It, True. It, it works because they're kids. Since we're talking about, you know, TV shows and seasons and, you know, power fans. Yeah. Right. So how many seasons were there of Lost? Six or five? I have a feeling there was like seven. Anyways. Anyways. anyways so my really good friend, my my buddy, I was looking for a new show to watch, like to binge straight through because, you know, we're all working from home still and, yeah. you know, we're coming out of the pandemic slowly. Yeah. Go get your vaccine. Um, and I was looking for a new show. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what can I binge? That's like, you know, multiple, multiple seasons long and each episode is long, but it's also a good show. And my friend was like, lost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to think back to whenever the show came out i think i saw two episodes like the first two episodes and i was like okay maybe i could do this never committed to it started up again in college and yeah. i was like let me try and commit to this couldn't commit to it yeah tried it again and i was like nah it's not gonna work mm-hmm. so i was like you really liked this show i mean a lot of people loved lost it was yeah. something brand new who did that jerry bruckheimer it was J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. What a man. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer. What? <laughs> Anyways. Um, he did those military movies. That's right. I got the, the J part. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but anyways, he was like, Lost is my hands down favorite series of all time. Wow. Except for the last two seasons. I'm like, wait, <laughs> you want me to binge something but not finish it? He's like, yeah, finish it at this point because everything just goes to shit after that. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. I, I love the guy. But I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to watch that. It's like the ending of Game of Thrones. It's like, uh, what was the point of the whole show? Now? Yeah, don't don't even ask me about that show okay. because I first started watching that show, season seven, mm-hmm. episode two, wow. and I was like, let me try this out, see if I like it. Started watching in chronological order as I'm also watching the seventh season. Never watch the sixth season. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Don't at me on that. Very interesting. But yeah, um, I think Ghostbusters overall was a great movie and hopefully a good indicator of things to come. Definitely. I think... um I think the whole like Ghostbusters IP is in good hands. Oh yeah. So it's not, I don't think that this, you know, failed in any way. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. It was exciting. The action was what I expected actually more than what I expected mm-hmm. this movie to be. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very well-rounded film. Yeah. I, I feel like going into it, anybody can like it and that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, my my girlfriend who has no background in Ghostbusters, doesn't know any of it, mm-hmm. had a blast. Yeah, so that's an indicator of anything. Go watch the movie, you'll come out happy. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Please check it out where it is available. And now I'm going to take a moment to thank my guest Peter for coming on to the show. Thank you, Armand. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you for so thank you so much for seeing Ghostbusters with me and can't wait to see more movies with you. Hopefully Top Gun 2 Maverick. Yeah, if it uh, ever comes out. It was supposed to come out in November, now it's coming out in March and it's like, you know, it, it won't surprise me if it gets delayed again to like July or something. I think it's May 2022 is when it's coming out. Yeah. Don't hold your breath on that, but yes, we do have to see uh Top Gun 2. Yes. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That is C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E. Syndicate on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord? Feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can find myself with other podcasters and listeners talking about this movie and others. But if we missed anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? No ghost.